0: In this episode, I speak with Michelle Deves, Retail and Marketing Lead for South African Pharmacy Chain, Medicare Pharmacy Group. Michelle is a veteran ECRM session participant, attending her first in-person session more than a dozen years ago and recently participating in both our European and U.S.-focused virtual sessions. In her role as Retail Lead, Michelle heads up the front-end buying across all categories, and she takes us through how the pandemic has impacted shopper behavior in the South African market. She also discusses how the retailer has been sourcing and merchandising various categories as countrywide restrictions and consumer demands have varied widely over the past few months. She wraps up the discussion with some details of her experience with ECRM's virtual sessions and how they've enabled her to find trending products From suppliers around the world, all from the comfort of her home office. There's lots of great South African market insights in this one. ECRM hosts category specific face to face virtual meetings for retailers and brands from around the world. For more information, visit ecrm.marketgate.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Joe Tarnowski with ECRM here, and I have with me Michelle Deves, who is the retail lead for Medicare Pharmacy in South Africa. Now, she's been a participant of both our in-person Euro virtual and U.S. virtual sessions, so we have a lot of ground to cover, but uh, before we get started, uh, Michelle, thank you for joining us, and can you give us an overview of of Medicare Pharmacy for any suppliers out there that are not familiar with uh, the company, as well as what your role is in there.
1: Sure. So hi, hi, Joe. It's great. Thanks for for having me. I want to say on the show, but not quite on the show, yes. but we can call it a show so I can pretend I'm famous so, <laughs> to, to chat through, the, to, through my experience with ECRM. So uh, I work for Medicare Pharmacy, which is a, a small pharmacy group in South Africa. We've got we've actually only got two real big pharmacy groups in South Africa, but we're we're one of the we're one of the smaller ones. And we actually our payoff line is that we're a community pharmacy at scale. So we're not one of these big guys that's that's um, sort of just just put your your money in their bank. They actually. We're a business that actually we personalize and services is one of our our strong points. And we still still have that old fashioned when you go into your pharmacy and the pharmacist knows your name. So we're very much a pharmacy, a community pharmacy business. And I head up front shop retail. So I'm the retail leader for, for front shop retail. And I also, which is not on my, which you haven't spoken through, but I also head up marketing. So I'm the head of retail as well as marketing. So I look after everything. So from our social, so pretty much what you do for our social, as from our social platform right through to our, our broadsheets, I look after that. And then, of course, I've got my category, uh, my categories, and I look after. And my categories span from from impulse right through to to vitamins. I do all personal care. I do well everything that's in the front shop. So pretty much everything you can't get behind the counter, I look after that.
0: Wow! So you wear a lot of different hats. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely, and Great. I've worked in retailers we're across all the categories so so that's why obviously like it's perfect for me with being a smaller business obviously it's not a huge amount of turnover but it is a lot of complexity within within the the business
0: great well you know what you're in a good position to talk about the trends at least in the South African market and uh, one and just to let everybody know even though you know they're called our euro uh sessions we do have participants from uh, South Africa and yes. some other uh, countries as well. They're primarily European retailers, but it's not completely exclusive. So uh, Michelle is an example of of one of them. So, you know, can you tell me, you know, walk us through over the past several months, yes. uh, there's been a lot of changes in the way consumers shop. What are you seeing in your market in how they're shopping in general, and, you know, maybe drill down to some specific categories, because I know they've, you know, some they've, uh, yes. they're focusing on more than others. So if you could just take us through the timeline yeah, of what yeah. had happened, then towards the middle, it kind of eased up. Now it's spiking again. What's, what's yes. been the consumer uh, behavior uh, during that time yeah. in your markets?
1: Sure, sure, Joe. I mean, well, what, well, South Africa sort of was a bit of a, a late start to the COVID. I so mean, it started in, in Europe, as, as you know. Uh, well, in China, actually, but I mean, Europe sort of hit the spike, and we only got got sort of into like probably end of March, beginning of April. And what we did see in our in our as a pharmacy business, we we obviously we our sales spiked and flew, went straight through the roof in terms of um, in terms of like immunity and hand sanitizer. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've heard this from some of the other guys at the hand sanitizer. But there wasn't there wasn't any demand i mean there was no demand before and then there then there was huge demand so prices spiked customers customers panic bought i mean the whole world talks about that how everyone panic bought we actually didn't have a, a toilet paper a, a panic bar which is like the rest of the world which is uh, which was quite interesting and even our grocers, it was so because we restarted started we got we started a little bit later than the rest of the world we were quite prepared for it so people were almost not as panicked as, as what they were all over the world but it was quite interesting to see that. Like, so March was our biggest trading month that we've had in the year, where we've we traded over 100% up on the on the previous year. And then particularly around uh, sanitizers, masks, and then also in vitamins. I mean, vitamin C was the first one that would just spike through the roof. But then as the times gone by, people have obviously learned more about the about the disease, and they've moved more into um, like the vitamin D's and the zinc. And you know, every time there's there's something that's published, then they'd obviously be spike in those those areas. And then we did see a a fall off of our sales around our personal care. So soap obviously shot through the roof. I mean, wash your hands, wash your hands. So soap shot through the roof. But then things like lotions or face creams, beauty. Actually, in South Africa, we actually had to, uh, we were restricted. We weren't allowed to sell beauty products in our first, in our first couple of weeks of lockdown, it was the, the our, our big lockdown, was only essential. So we, we took it a little bit further as we like to do everything in South Africa, a little bit more extra than the rest of the world. But we like, so you weren't allowed to buy um, any beauty products. So no, so only essentials. You only allowed Wait, to so buy. you
0: weren't allowed as a customer, you weren't allowed to buy yes. like lipstick or. No. Not that it mattered because you're wearing masks and stuff anyway, but exactly, that's interesting. But still, haven't heard of that before. Yes. Uh, you know, like people may not have shopped for it as much, but not like a restriction on buying. And but what the was the reasoning behind that?
1: It was more around, we didn't, I mean, especially around beauty. I mean, people, you sort of browse in a store. So it was like, you just need to get into the store. So even fashion, so stores were only allowed to sell uh, the like true essential mm-hmm. items. So like, you weren't allowed to go buy a winter wardrobe. Or you weren't allowed to buy your winter, your winter cosmetics, because it was people then browse and they like hover around, you know, that's what you want people to do. As a, as a traditional retailer, you want someone to be browsing and hovering around so that the basket size has increased. So our stores were not, um, we, well, no, no retail in South Africa was allowed to sell anything other than essential goods, but within pharmacy, beauty is such a big part of our business. So we we've lost like what was went from from like a really good number to zero, zero sales for the first six weeks. And then um, as we moved out of those like real restrictions, because the hair salons and like services, beauty services were still closed. We saw a spark that people started trading into started buying like hair, hair dye to do at home. So your own manicure, pedicure, home manicure, pedicure kits. So then people moved into that space because people were still working from home. So, they had more time on their hands. So, and then none of the salons were open. So, beginning of lockdown, just like we had like huge sales in like health, uh, health, health and wellness. Uh, Obviously, all the COVID lines, we call them our COVID lines. It's this new category that we've got in our business called COVID, which has grown. It's become, I think it's about, I mean, I think 15% of our sales. So, 15% contribution of our sales within like the six month period that that's what this has grown into.
0: So, you have a line that's called COVID.
1: We've got a department that you' COVID.
0: gotcha, okay, yeah. all right, and then so within there yeah. it's all the essentials, anything that's kind of related to what's happening. Yes now? okay, yes.
1: and that that is grown into like a huge business, which is fifteen to twenty percent contribution of our total business. But in South Africa, there's also restrictions on how much prof- profit you're allowed to make on those on those products. So our shift in profit has shifted right out of like beauty is obviously a very high profit, um, high profit category, and then COVID is this low cat, low profit category. So we've had to sell a whole lot more COVID, which thank goodness people are still buying into all this, then um, then what in beauty? But then as we pull beauty back into the sales, they've started to spark now. You know we're going into summer now, so you're all going into winter. We're going to summer, so everyone's like very keen to get like beach ready and mm-hmm. and start to look good, good again. So now our sales are almost, I wouldn't say normalized, but we have shifted back into more of a normal trading pattern in terms of like a month-end shop. So what we also were seeing is that people weren't, well, obviously there was lockdown, so people weren't shopping. uh, They were probably only buying out of one store rather than buying out of um, five or six stores. So like before, you know, when you did your shopping, you'd go to, and this this is also market research that I've read, that you would go, firstly, people would go far to shop, so you would drive, or you would take Well, I mean, South Africa, you would drive. You drive to like another part of another neighborhood to go shop because there's better choice there. What people have, What people did in South Africa is that they only shopped local. Mm-hmm. So, so, the local stores actually did really well, and then our bigger stores, which were in which were in um, like malls or in a big strip mall, the, the sales took a bit of strain. But then our local smaller stores did very, very well. So people have changed the way that they they shop.
0: Yes, yes, they're trying to get more in one spot and. It you know, I'm be. still I'm very intrigued by that COVID department because yes. one, it makes a lot so much sense because you know in theory you want people to get in and get out, you want them to come and not browse, you want them yes. to find everything that they need in one area. So is it all yes. merchandise together? All of that? It is. Okay, yeah. that's very smart. Yeah. So we put it all together.
1: So we've put a gondola end you and then it's also like at, as soon as you walk into our stores, it's like at the front door. So you walk into the front door and there, there, there'll be like a, a, a gondola end with with all your essentials that you need for COVID. And then, of course, then we've got the, we've also got um, a COVID department within that. I mean, we've had to relay all our stores. It's been the busiest I've ever been in my whole career yeah. working through this COVID. I mean, retail has actually been busier. Well, pharmacy retail especially mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it has been very, very busy. But we've had to relay our stores because people's needs have changed. They really, yeah. so like baby, baby and COVID were the two departments that just shot the lights out.
0: And to having the restrictions in the other areas is I, I think that was a really good idea too because this way you don't have like these non-essential products that were in like here. If you're a non-essential product and you're not in the aisle that people are going to be looking for, you're yes. just passed over, but you're going to try and do other things to get those sales. This way you're yes. just managing expectations. It's like, look, don't even bother trying to you know, put something at the display, you know, a uh, uh, shipping, this shipper display or whatever. It's just going to be a pause for now while we really, I mean, yes. that's truly customer centric merchandise what you did. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And because
1: we're a bit of a smaller business, it was easier. So, I mean, you've got like so, sort of a CVS that's got 15,000 stores. I think that's how many they've they've got about but, I mean, you can't, like, to roll out 15,000 stores to change your whole flow and your, your floor plans and your – quickly like that, you can't. So, in a little business like this, you can actually do stuff quite, quite quickly and then see the results.
0: Yes, yes. And what about – now, do you guys – do you sell any uh, general merchandise products and, and, you know, like toys or puzzles or, or things like that? Yeah. And could, how did they we do, do. –
1: we, So, actually, we weren't allowed to sell toys either. It was also non-essential. So uh, you weren't allowed to sell toys. So when so actually at the beginning of lockdown, you weren't allowed to sell toys. So obviously there were no sales. But the minute that there was so our lockdown, I don't know how your lockdown worked in, in the States, but ours was broken up into different levels. I think we've all got that. Mm-hmm, we've all got yeah. the different levels of, yep. of the lockdown. So like in level one, like it was only you were basically just about, about allowed to buy soap, soap and shampoo. <laughs> but then as it moved, obviously then you're allowed to buy born more. But I think when we moved to about level three, people were still at home. They were still working from home. And then we were allowed to sell toys. So, what we did see is that within, we don't have that many toys within our store, but I do know that from the other, the bigger grocery stores, like board games, the sales shot through the roof um, and puzzles. So, anything to keep your children, um, to keep your children entertained at home did really, really well.
0: Yeah, because at that point, for any family with kids, toys are essential.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Even if they're Absolutely, not categorized as yeah. such. <laughs> Exactly. I'm so grateful my children are grown up.
0: And I don't have any myself, so I have peace and quiet so, so over
1: here. Exactly. The thoughts of having to have to entertain children, because and I think the schools in the states have still not gone back, have they?
0: No. In New York, no, we're still not. In In some, yes, yeah. it's scattered. Each state is a little yes. different. So each state pretty much okay. is like a different country, like in Europe. You know, it's got its own legislations as okay. far as the tool and and yes. stuff. So some started, some haven't started yet. Some have started and closed after spikes. So it's just a whole patchwork of uh, operations as far as that goes. What a mess. mess. Yeah, so uh, exactly. uh, And
1: we've seen a yeah, so we also had a little bit of that way. So what happened is that Cape Town actually spiked first. Mm -hmm. And then we started to drop off. And then the the countries, the the provinces inland, Mm -hmm. then they started to spike. So then they opened schools and the same thing happened. Open schools and then closed schools. So as they opened schools, obviously we saw a huge spike. Yeah. In our sales around COVID again, around our COVID products, because obviously the, the children there's all this legislation that children have to take masks, sanitizer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Then they closed the schools again because we saw a big spike in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Then when they opened again, the we saw a big spike again. So it's been a little bit a little bit erratic. So buying has not been the easiest because you like you you, you go buy a whole lot of products and then then the then the demand slows down. So, so your we've done planning is, is sort all. So
0: all over the oh, place over now the because place. you don't know what you're exactly. planning for because we don't know what's going to happen yes
1: so now we've got quite a nice to find range in the beginning we just bought anything and everything we could find mm-hmm. just to get products into stores so it was just like as long as we've got sanitizer in every single store and because we're community-based pharmacies we also still have the ability to buy and so we've got a central buying group but then stores that will still have, have the ability to buy for themselves as well so stores were just buying, in. we were just, we just kept saying, just as long as you've got sanitizer on the shelf, as long as you've got masks, just buy whatever you want. Of course, what happened there is that we've just got like a, this, uh, this array of all different products, different brands, different price points. So like over the last six weeks, as it's like sort of settled a little bit, we've now got a defined range for COVID, and stores have got, I think there's about 100 products within that range that we, that we keep now for the, and within the price, and there's a good, better, best strategy. You know, before you just had like whatever, now you can go in and buy an entry level, an entry level sanitizer, a medium level, and then for the hippies, you've got like a really top tier sanitizer that's got no alcohol, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll spend the, they'll spend the money, yeah. as opposed to the the, the people that are like the low income families that can only afford something a little bit less.
0: Now, have you seen during this, you know, um, during the whole duration of this year, from March on? You know, obviously, a lot of retailers had trouble keeping items in stock. And, you know, yes. maybe, like you said, you're just taking on all these new brands. But it yes. also provides an opportunity for these emerging brands because it's like a forced yes. trial for the consumers. They're going to take whatever's available, but then they may like those new products. So, yes. have you seen any brand switching because of this whole thing?
1: What well, with the not not real switching, not real switching out of brands like mm-hmm. uh, out of like, like national brands. Uh, but what we have seen is obviously because you couldn't uh, there was you couldn't import product for a couple of months mm-hmm. that there was more of a support to local. So we have seen it's consumers that consumers have like in their minds they're wanting to support local. So because because people were out of work, I mean all over the world we know what's happened to unemployment, and so. Um, People are, are wanting to support local a little bit, so we've seen like in masks, for instance, on the fabric masks, It's legislation. I don't think it's I don't think it's legislation in America to wear no. a mask. I don't know because I know that I know that Mr. Trump isn't so keen on the mask. No,
0: nope. but
1: um, in South Africa you have to. It is legislation. You have to wear a mask.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I th- mean, th- let's th- see what happens now that he has COVID. We'll see what happens if <laughs> exactly. it, if it changes his <laughs> mind. But well, um, I don't know. You know Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. see. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting time. We'll see the
1: elections in three weeks time. Yes. We'll
0: see what happens. It's interesting times here these days. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: So so we did see that people moved to local. So we supported local. Mm -hmm. So as, as a, as a business, we supported local, local, little local businesses that were making the fabric masks. So if there was like someone down the road who's, who was Mm -hmm. selling masks, then we would buy from them to try and help them with this in the, the huge unemployment. So customers have always also wanted to actually buy a local it's been quite interesting as people have shifted into that support local mm-hmm. especially around the COVID the COVID products yes no that's so great it's how, it's how, where you're buying it from but like the masks and the and the product that are more that people are, are wanting to support and then also the masks have become a bit of a fashion statement as well i'm sure it's the same in the states yep. that it was so everyone's got 50 masks we've all got lots of masks and we mm-hmm. keep buying masks like we can't we can't get enough of them so we've all got a different mask that we wear with a different, different outfit, which is quite interesting. And customers have also done that. So they've, they have moved from just like having like, they just wanted a surgical mask mm-hmm. uh, to moving into more of like a fashion, a fashion accessory. Yes. Which is actually, I mean, it's actually like a scarf or a, or a jacket or, a, or, or whatever. I have so a combination
0: kind of-, of both. Uh, um, shields, face shields and masks. But yes. I always wear black t-shirts. So it's really easy for me to match. <laughs>
1: you can wear whatever you want.
0: So, now how has this impacted the way you buy or the way you search for products? Obviously, virtual is a bigger part of our day to day, but also, like, you know, so how are you handling that part of, of uh, the business?
1: So, I mean with the I mean obviously with the virtual it's been great so we've met lots of people so we actually have and we've actually found some really very cool people that might not have actually been able to afford to go to a, a, an in in-person mm-hmm. um, show. I mean I don't I'm sure it's cheaper for them to do that the virtual they wanted it is to do the in-person show but mm-hmm. we've seen some really cool people and now that we've opened up the the borders have opened up we are able to bring some products in mm-hmm. so we have so we can still do that but what we have what, mm-hmm. obviously we've had to we've had to also resort to doing more local local sourcing yeah. so we've got some um, supplier that we've worked with locally that we've brought in some some well we've we've now done well christmas is around the corner believe it or not as mm-hmm. you know i mean we're yeah. eight weeks away from christmas pretty much christmas trade i mean it's scary i feel like i'm still in march <laughs> so we've had to actually bring we've actually had to do most of our christmas bath through local through local suppliers, mm-hmm. which is not actually great for us in south africa because there's there's no um there's not much choice then yeah So we haven't been able to do our Christmas, traditionally you would have done a Christmas buy in May, you would have done a trip and you would have done a Christmas buy in May, either out of an ECRM or you would have done it out of a, you would have done a a trip Mm -hmm. to China or or whatever to buy your Christmas. But now this year we've had to do local local, uh, sourcing, Mm -hmm. which has been fine, but it's not, you know, it's not, there's no, there's nothing fantastic in that in terms of like innovation. Mm -hmm. So we've had to do that. But what it has what we have done um, is actually managed to with our, with our, with our national with like the Unilevers and all of them we've had to we've had to actually expand our ranges uh-huh. because we might have only kept a smaller range but because we haven't been able to, to actually go out there and source, we've had to ex- just extend on the national brands, which uh-huh. is a bit boring because actually that people want people need a little bit of a pick me up at this time of the, this time of year when you're going into the festive season.
0: Yes. Yes. And, you know, you brought up a good point that at one point you weren't allowed to bring stuff in. So now that's kind of loosened up. And as buyers, your business, you have to keep doing your business. And, you know, you've, uh, like like you mentioned, you've come to several of our sessions, one in person, uh, and then three uh, virtual. And, uh, you know, so hopefully, you found some innovations over those times. Can you talk a little bit about that? Some of the things that well, you've discovered.
1: You know, so what's, so what's with the confectionery that well, my team did, my two of my team, uh, two of my buyers did the confectionery one. And mm-hmm. it, it must've been the one that was going to be in Rome. And it was the first virtual one mm-hmm. actually. And they found some fantastic product that they're bringing overnight um, into, for Christmas and I think the one, the one supplier is actually a wafer supplier that I've used before because I've worked at another retailer in South Africa that we we used to source out of the East, and they've actually they were on the in the program, and we managed to bring something in. I think it's from well, Sri Lanka is not really the East, but it's sort of that it's that part of the world, mm-hmm. and we've managed to find some really innovative foods and confectionery, which we wouldn't have been able to do if we hadn't have done the show, which is really good. I mean, something that's really interesting in was interesting for me is that. Sexual wellness has become such a huge trend in the in in the world. You know, it's, you, people don't look after their sexual health, and it's become such a huge trend that. And I've found some amazing products, some absolutely beautiful. You know, it's, women don't like to admit that they need to. They need to look after their sexuality, and we found some absolutely beautiful products. Out of there was the, I don't think which show it was. It was the there's so many. It was the second one that I did. So it wasn't the conflict show. It was the one. It was the American show, mm-hmm. actually, that we did it in July. And we found some beautiful innovation, which was an, an absolutely two beautiful ranges of, of sexual wellness product that you would never have found. And also when you go to the shows live, you're so busy that you actually don't, you, you go from one meeting to the next and at the end of it, it is almost a bit of a blur. Mm-hmm. But because this is a little bit more um, limited and edited because of the time zones, you know, it's obviously all done. I mean, you in the morning now, I'm sitting at, the, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost ready. That's why I said to you, let's do five o'clock because I know that um, no one, everyone else has stopped working now. Yeah. <laughs> but you still at like 11 a.m morning probably mm-hmm. so um limited you actually see less suppliers well it's well, for us in south africa i've probably seen less than what i would if i was doing like a five day back to back and you actually can and then you can focus more on that on what you what you meet what you're seeing because you don't and you've got and you've actually got to be quite particular about which suppliers you want to see so the pre-work is very important and i think that was one of your questions but i'll talk and then you can just mm-hmm. do what you need to do with everything yeah. so um, <laughs> so the pre-work is super important i mean like before you would just you get on a so you do a bit of you, you print out your your schedule i mean when you get on a plane you think okay but like i leave my office i'm going to get on an airplane tonight and then you read through on the airplane and then you go to sleep and you arrive at the show the next day and that's pretty much the prep you do but with this you have to be quite quite produced. there you see i mean i think probably about 150 suppliers when you actually go to, a, to an in-person show whereas if i'm only going to be seeing 50 suppliers i want to know that i'm seeing suppliers that i really think that i'm going to have that I'm going to be able to work with. So the pre-work is, is super important, and then I've managed to find some really beautiful product that if I if I was in person, I probably would have like used to have these 30 meetings a day, and then at the end of the day, you're so tired, you've almost got to remember like who did I see today? Which was which was the which was the one that I really liked. So that was that was really what was really good for me. And there's been some really good innovation in that space, and then also on the baby side. So baby, it, you know, it was the, it was a show that I really wanted to do to go to the states. Because they've got beautiful innovation in in their baby category. Lovely organic products. I mean, We all know organic, vegan, all those great things are all like very much on trend. And I found some beautiful, beautiful products out of that, that show that I would not have seen.
0: You know, you bring up a really good point. And it's the fact that here you're in South Africa. Meanwhile, you're participating in European sessions and in sessions in the United States that if they were in person, there's no way you would have been able to. Spend all that time traveling to all of them. You would have had to pick exactly. and choose. So it definitely exactly. helps exactly. cross the borders. So, so what is it like um, as far as a time efficiency for you? Because you know it's it's a shorter window. You know you're doing um, what six five hours a day instead of all day, and then in the evening. Yes. So just yes. overall in terms of efficiency, can you talk about uh, like? How you're getting more accomplished in a shorter amount of yes. time through the virtual?
1: Well, you're pretty well because you. I mean, I, I love the in-person shows. I think it's there's It really because it takes you out of your your normal day-to-day space, and you actually can switch off from your from your job, and you can actually go like be in that space of like I'm I'm doing my buying. I can meet with other buyers. I can learn from other buyers. Whereas, where is this what's the positive about doing it on doing it virtually is that. You actually do a full day's work, so I always only start meetings when I when I plan them. I only start meetings between three and four four p.m., and then I work in, until about eight o'clock at, in the evening. So I have a much longer day, but then I still get a full day's work that I, that I would normally get. So that's uh, my time efficiency. Is that I'm not actually getting. There's no time away from my desk because I'm still doing my full day's work. And then the only thing is that after a week, I'm finished. Like after a week, of like doing like like from from seven a.m. to nine p.m. Mm -hmm. it's it's you're exhausted but actually you get to you actually don't have any your efficiency is that you don't you don't you're not losing any any hours in front of your computer which i'm sure i mean any any boss loves that
0: (laughs) (laughs) what about follow-ups i'm I'm guessing that because you're not getting on a plane and going to these you know there's no cocktails that the virtual lets you do quicker follow-ups
1: yeah, so I mean, and, and, well, what's what's quite nice is that the follow-ups they come they come quicker. I mean, you so sort of, they say, okay, well, we're going to. I mean, I don't know. They, obviously, there's a whole a whole background piece of work that happens with the with the uh, suppliers, and there's probably rules that they have to do the follow-up within a week, and there's there must be all these these rules that the ECRM has got. But within the next week, everyone follows up, and then you can almost weed out quite quickly who you know you're going to work with and who you're not going to work with because it's not like that. Because if you've been away from your desk for, let's say. So, like, as you say, you, you'll, you'll use it to go do a trend trip. We'll just pop into, to like, if we go to the States, you'll pop into York, New York for a few days. So then you're actually away from your desk for, for about 10 days. And then you're coming back to, to a desk where you've got 500 emails that you haven't really spent time on in the last 10 days. Then you then all the follow-ups start coming. So then you put them into a folder and you think, okay, well, let me just catch up on my real job. And then I'll go back to that a little bit. I'll go back to that next week. And then by the time you think, okay, well, I'm going to go back to that, then the second follow-up comes, which is then it's like, oh, now you've got to spend some time there. So you're actually it's, it's far more efficient because you, you you don't lose your day job time and then you also don't – and then the, the follow-ups come, come within the week and you can quite quickly work out who you want to work with and who you don't want to work with.
0: That's great. So that's- I'm sure they love it too. <laughs> the suppliers yeah. love that too, I'm sure. I'm sure they do.
1: <laughs> yeah. So now you mentioned They're
0: also – that another benefit is in being able to learn the trends that are happening in the U S like when you go to, and, and these other countries <clears throat> very officially, yes. uh, what kind of, so, so, talk about how you use these to learn trends as well.
1: So, I mean if I, if I did a, so if I did a traditional trip, then I would go and I would go do my own, you know, I'd do my own store visits and I try and understand and I would like, you know, build my own idea of what the trends are, but because we don't have that, what what I have found that, and I mean I don't know if um, if the I don't know what the suppliers are feeling, but what I have found is that I can obviously tap into their knowledge. So I've I've said when I meet with them, then I'll I'll ask them to give me a little bit of a market overview, what's happening, what are the trends, just to understand where they sit within the market. And you wouldn't normally ask those questions really if you were there if you were there in person, because you'd you'd make those assumptions yourself. So you would do you would do the, you would do all the, the store visits and the the buying trip yourself. Whereas now you don't have that. So, what I've done with, with a lot of the, the suppliers that I've said to them, give me a little bit, tell me a little bit more about where you are in the market and how, how does your brand, brand perform in your market, in other markets? So, you wouldn't normally ask those questions because you'd just be, you'd just be looking at products actually. Whereas this has given, has forced us actually to, to understand because I can look at a product and I can say, well, what, where, where do you price tier yourself? And I can understand where, where they sit because I've, I've seen their products in the store down the road when I've done a store visit the night before, whereas now I don't have that. So I see a beautiful product in front of me and I don't know where does it sit? What's the trend? Are you in line with the trend? Are you like a, a niche product? So that's, that's been very good for me that I've forced me actually to, to ask different questions to the suppliers.
0: And, and uh, to that point when, uh, you know, just advice for suppliers who are going to meet with you, what should they have ready? What should, you know, what do you want to know from each meeting with the supplier.
1: I think think that particularly is something that that is very very helpful is to actually bring markets, bring market information. So some of them do it, some guys do it really well and they'll bring the market information with. And then some of the other guys don't because they're obviously not used to having been asked these kinds of questions. So the the guys that have been like our biggest suppliers who've been doing this for a lot longer will have all that information. Even if they don't have it on their presentation deck for us, they'll be able to pull something up because it's part of how they operate. But I think it's important that, they, that if we're not going to be traveling for at least another year, let's say, or 18, was probably about nine months, then it's important that the suppliers do have that kind of information for us to just understand like, where do they sit in the market, what market share do they have, where uh, are they, in, where do they, where they price positioned, because often this, they won't even have that kind of, just, so especially a private label supplier, so they won't really, for them, it's, they, don't, they don't understand market the way like a retailer understands markets. So they will bring like, this is my range, this is my price, these are the bottles, as an example, mm-hmm. or this is the product that I can sell the, the confectionery or the whatever, but they won't tell you where they sit in the market. And, and I found that if, if it's in a country that doesn't, that English isn't their first language, that when you're asking the questions, they actually don't really understand what you're asking. So I think quite important that going forward is that it, it would be very helpful to us to see like what, where do they position themselves in the market and, and what is the they, they, what is their special their special offering that they offer?
0: Excellent. And uh, is there any preference into you know? Are you a big fan of slides, or would you rather have them just having a conversation or holding up a product? Any preference?
1: I like I like a combination of everything because after after you've done oh, six or seven meetings, it gets, it gets quite tiring to be looking at, at just looking at a deck all off for like seven hours of different products. It all blurs into one. But I actually had I can't remember what. Um, it was this last show that there was actually the, the one guy. So the one guy was going through the deck they were obviously, obviously we were all sitting separately. So there's like the, the three people on the screen. The one guy was going through the deck and talking and then the other guy was doing a bit of a, like a bit of a show and tell, like standing up, showing, like, showing the product, doing like putting, I don't know what he, I think he was selling. he was doing, it was, it was first aid products. And he was like showing how do you put the brace on? So there was a bit of like uh, animation that, that was going on there. Like you, like you would do if you were in the room with the person. So they, they didn't just sit there and like, like, just talk to the computer. They were actually, the guy actually like really in, like he acted like he was, he was, he presented to me like he was sitting in front of me, which was, which was great because you could have a bit of a laugh. You could see the personality. You know, everyone behaves differently on a, on a Zoom call. And if it's not how you're, how you've run your business before, then you, you quite, people are quite nervous and it's like they can't be themselves and they're looking at themselves all the time. So, so there's a little bit of just like education. <laughs> <laughs> and then just a little bit of education around how to just be yourself like if you like your person that talks with your hands or if you like to like show stuff or then just do that yes exactly like That's don't don't yeah. camera yes like let your personality come through because i found that some of them some of the, so the it's obviously like they, they're probably sales reps that they're not used to working this way and it takes time i'm quite lucky because my my business is actually the head office is in johannesburg and i'm in cape Town, so my world is up forever i mean i sit on i sit on on these zoom calls all day every day and it's not new since covid it's been like that before even so it's, it's quite and it's quite daunting if you're not um if you're not used
0: to it you know there was something you mentioned before that that i think was great was you know you encourage people to let their personality come through the camera i literally yes. just posted an interview that i did um, that we put it on all the prep sites now it was with a former journalist a three-time award-winning emmy award-winning journalist who now runs a business coaching people. And it was all on how to best engage people on the virtual setting. So, and we talked about looking at the camera, your face. Like today we did a video on uh, how to prevent RBF, resting. I don't know if you've heard the term. Uh, It's called resting bitch face. And it's that face when someone... All right, it's a term in the US where (laughs) someone's looking at the camera really serious... And you think that they're mad at you, but they're not. That's just they resting. They also call it resting board. It's a thing. resting
1: face.
0: Yes. So. Yes, yeah, your resting at,
1: face. And as you get older, your resting face gets worse and worse.
0: So that's what it was about is how to prevent that, you know, and at least how to, okay. you know, yes. and as simple as like just cracking a small smile or raising your lip while you you know, yes. uh, or, and making sure you look at the camera, because if you're looking down at your notes, you kind of, you know, so uh, yes. I'll share that with you. It's a pretty funny video. I no, no that's great. And also,
1: don't and also don't look at yourself because I find that no. like when you first start doing this, you look at yourself all the time.
0: Got to look at your Actually,
1: camera. That you're talking to or the camera exactly mm-hmm. the person you talk to, the camera the what, yeah
0: yeah so it's they good. see it they feel like you're looking at them
1: exactly so, exactly
0: um just a quick last question to wrap up uh, um the platform itself. Tell me a little bit about your experience using the platform, working with our guys to learn how to use it, and then what tools have you uh, used when you were doing your meetings?
1: Well, I mean the pl- platform is absolutely amazing. I mean, i, I added—I think I did the first show actually, because it would have been the one that would have been in Rome. And it, I mean, the first one, there were a few little, there were a few little technical issues—not not bad technical issues—but obviously, as you as they moved into the second and the third show, they're absolutely perfected us. I mean it's amazing that they you actually really do feel like you're in the room with the person. I mean I know that I know there's all the stuff happening in the background that you've got someone someone listening in and they can see if they, if the if the, t- if the signal's gone bad or if you can't hear or so there's all the stuff happening in the background that that keeps it to be amazing. But the platform is I mean it's 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 probably if I think about all the Zoom meetings and all the 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 calls I've had with people over the last 8 months I mean you you have perfected it down to down to the T. Uh, what about
0: <laughs> the prep? Uh, do you work closely with our uh Team to get you know to really learn the true. system how did that go how did that work
1: I mean it was it was amazing so what what something I didn't mention about about what's so amazing about doing it virtually is that I've, I've been able to put all my buyers and even my really junior people that I would never have sent overseas because they're just not at that point yet I've managed to bring them into the meetings mm-hmm. to be able to, to teach them about how do you engage with, with suppliers obviously they'd be with us so because, because you've got like the opportunity, you can have four people in the meeting. Whereas if you're going to a show in person, you can only take two people. And then you've got to decide, okay, well, I'm going to take my best buyer. And then I also want to go because I want to do the training trip. And then you don't actually get the the more junior people to to experience it. And the, the, the team has been amazing. So I work with Rachel and I work with Victoria. And they are both amazing. So I've, I've just added in one of my junior buyers. And yesterday she had the training for the upcoming show, really like on the ball, She's like, it's completely user-friendly. I mean, even if you're a little bit stupid, you can, you can make it work. So it's been really, it's been really great and easy, very easy.
0: You know, I like that. We could use that in our marketing, even if you're stupid, it'll, uh, (laughs) you you can do it. So (laughs) <laughs> yeah, even if
1: you're not so bright.
0: <laughs> yes, there you go. So um uh, final question. you mentioned you've been using Zoom, you know, virtual for even before the pandemic. So yes. uh, talk about, you know, where do you see virtual in the future? Uh as far as once COVID is done, where is it gonna be? Yeah.
1: I mean I love I love the fact that I can have face to face meetings with people that aren't that if it's if it's someone sitting in Johannesburg or in another country, I mean I think it's I think it's definitely the new the new normal. We're gonna be able to have these these virtual meetings—it's going to become part of the new normal. life. and I really believe that people are going to work a lot more remotely, which is like really just changes everyone's life. I think we we can probably go on a holiday or go away or take an extra day without even realizing that you're not that. You, instead of your days travel, you could get an extra day's holiday or or whatever. But I think that the, I definitely think it's a way of the future. And but I don't think it's I don't think this is this is how we should live our lives. I think that there must be a bit of a combination of both. I think what's great is that if you are – I mean, I know it's a little bit difficult to do both in-person and virtual, but it could be great to be able to do a bit of a combination of both so that if you wanted to go to one show but there's only three or four suppliers you really want to see, then you don't have to go and get on an airplane and go. You could just see one or, one or two or three suppliers that you want to see. But it, I think it's definitely the way that we're going to move forward. But I would never say I, – I don't believe that we should say, okay, let's move ECRM to a virtual a virtual trade, trade platform because I, I think that you lose that – you lose that, there's that, that, that thing you, you get from the person. Even though I can see you and you can see me, there's still, there's, the energy is not there. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're in person, you, we know when we've seen each other on trips and you can have a bit of a chat and then you bump into each other and there's a different energy that you that you get from, from in person. But I definitely think this is the way of the future. And, and what's amazing for me is that even though I, I actually used to commute up to Joburg, so i go every second week to Johannesburg. It's nice. amazing. I haven't had to go to Johannesburg for eight months. It's fantastic.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> yep, just yep. I hear you. Well, you know what? You're in luck because even when the pandemic is over, we're we're still gonna have a combination. We're gonna have virtual, oh, which we're is gonna awesome. have in person. And you know, there I think there may even be a com like a blend of for those situations. Yes. Like if you mm-hmm. only have four suppliers that are relevant, you can meet with them virtually during the in-person session. You know, so I this think there's fantastic. gonna be a mix. Uh but Please. I think there is gonna be a mix, we just figured oh, that out that'll be fantastic. Yeah. And the buyers like you are going to be the ones that determine what that mix is because we're gonna use Please. feedback from everybody. So um so michelle thank you so much this has been thank great you. i thank think you. i want to have a follow-up conversation with you down the road about marketing and social media since you handled that okay, well. good, good. so uh we'll we'll tap into that another time but really thank you so much it's been great working Thanks, with you sir. and i'm glad that uh, you're getting a lot out of these and stay it's safe down there. <laughs> thank you and you know
1: and you know i've been doing ECR, ecrm for about 15 years when did, when did you launch ecrm I remember I went to my very first ECRM in Athens. It must have been 12 years, 12 or 13 years Wait, ago.
0: Probably about 12 or 13 years because uh, yes, uh, yes. that's when we started the, Europe, the, the European beauty. Well, one. there you go. Yeah. So, exactly. Uh, wow. So, yeah, you're a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Keep, so, I've got like a – Just keep coming what, back. you got a bunch of badges, right?
1: No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's quite interesting because you see the same people over and over and then you think, oh, you look how they age and You think, oh, man, am, am I aging that way, too? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I don't want to look at my older photos. Older. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, um, you'll have to get me a picture of you with those badges too. <laughs>
1: I will. I will absolutely.
0: So, all right. Well, thank you again, and uh, you. again, stay safe and enjoy your summer. You too. <laughs> yes, I
1: can't wait. So today, it's been a beautiful week,
0: actually. Excellent. So you take Thanks care. So much. All right. You
1: too.